This is ContraZoom, a live in limbo production. This is ContraZoom, where we go back and forth about film. I'm Dakota Arsenault. And I am Andreas Fabulakis. Today is a special day. This is our Oscar Roundtable preview show. For the past two years, this has been held on the Capsule podcast, but now that we have ContraZoom, we figured that all things film must remain over here, so we have stolen that away from Sean Chin in the Capsule podcast, which is great for us. Um, so as usual... We're going to be doing what we do every year, go over some of the big categories, talk about uh, who we think is going to win, who we think is going to lose, who was snubbed, and uh, some fun trivia questions in between. We are joined this year by Dasha Paragadova, who is a soon-to-be graduate law student, um, a good friend of the show, and uh, a f- amateur film buff who actually beat me in my Oscar pool last year. So if anyone knows more than me... She is the new authority. How are you doing today, Dasha? I'm doing well, thanks. Excited to join you guys for a little morning chat. Good, good. Now uh, let's I'll turn the reins over to you, Andreas. Take it away. Absolutely. Now, just quick question: If to beat Dakota, you must have gotten like maybe two wrong. So, like, how many off were you? Let's say. Uh, it's actually funny. I have to remember. I don't think I could be. At their annual, uh, at Dakota's annual gathering. So I was sort of coming, tuning in and out remotely, but he had all my predictions. So I think he'd remember this better than I would, but I think it was probably like two or three. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, and do you remember at all what they were? Were they big categories, small? Um, small categories for sure. If, if there's anything I, uh, I don't do a great job of is always catching all the shorts and, um, you know, I know Dakota is very good at that, so he's definitely always an intimidating competitor. <laughs> so you fall short on the shorts, it's safe to say. Yes. So, uh, you know, if there's any way we can, if, if we start talking about them, I might just, you know, like do a little whistle tune as you guys lend your expertise. <laughs> well, luckily, that's not going to be something we're going to be covering. We're, we're going to be covering the bigger categories. But let's let's prove this authenticity um, a little bit here. Let's go around the table round, triangular, whatever you want to call it, and maybe ask some trivia questions just to see how qualified we truly are. Now, um, I actually have a pen and paper here, so I'm going to keep track. Um, <laughs> oh, God, okay. I wasn't expecting here, that. Here's an interesting way to do it. Ask your question first. These are multiple choice questions. Ask your question, and if someone is able to get the answer without the multiple choices, you get three points. If you get it with the multiple choices you get one point, and then we'll see who truly is the master of the trivia. <laughs> well, that wraps up this episode. It was nice talking. Uh, <laughs> great. Um, okay, well, with that in mind, then, uh, sure, actually, that's not a bad idea. That came out of left field, but that's not a bad idea, actually. I like that. Um, perfect. I hope mine aren't too easy now. Well, why don't you start things off, Dakota? We'll go in order. We'll go with Dakota, Dasha, and then... Uh, myself, because we're going in reverse alphabetical order, I guess. Nonetheless, Dakota, why do you start? Sure. Okay. Um, John Ford, the famous Western director, has the most best director wins with four. But 
who has the most overall nominations for Best Director? Anyone want to hazard a guess? You can you can guess incorrectly, and I won't hold it against you. Okay. Um, maybe William Wyler. And uh, Andreas, do you have any guesses? Uh, it it seems like it'd be something kind of obvious, like Spielberg. But I don't know if I really want to guess Spielberg. But ah. Uh, just for the sake of argument, Spielberg. I don't know how you know that, Dasha, but you are right. William Wyler with oh, 12 wow. nominations. Um, I have Scorsese and Billy Wilder with eight and Spielberg with seven. He only has seven? Jeez, oh, okay, yeah. well, at least I wasn't too far off. But, well, congratulations. Now I'm blatantly frightened. <laughs> no, no, don't be frightened. Full disclosure, full disclosure. So I was coming up with trivia questions for you guys because I knew I had to like really get you. And this actually came across a few days ago and I was impressed because I knew didn't know very much about him. So it's stuck in my memory, but I can't take full credit for actually knowing all his movies very well. <laughs> but, you know, hence the quality of my research, you know. <laughs> well, let's see the quality of those questions. You're up next. <laughs> all right. Um so my question is, when Marlon Brando rejected his Oscar in 1973 for The Godfather, what was the profession or the job of the Native American woman who delivered his rejection speech on his behalf? Hmm. I believe, wasn't she in the film industry or am I wrong? Well, what's your oh. guess? Uh... Am I able to wait until the multiple choice question sure. or the, the, the possibilities? Yeah, I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait before I make a fool out of myself again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say actress. All right. So do I go with multiple choice or do, sure, do I reveal? Yeah, if, we're, if we're both wrong, go with multiple choice. I thought it was nope. an actress as well. Oh, my God. Okay, now I have no idea. Okay, let's, let's hear this. No, no, this. no. You're actually – I just wanted to know if I still should follow up. You guys are both correct. She was, in fact, an actress. Oh, well, so, I guess Dakota gets that because I was going to say actress, but I didn't want to be blatantly wrong. <laughs> but this is what happens when you, talk to, when you don't take risks. So there you go, Dakota. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> that was for the non-committal answer. You know, you were right there. <laughs> do, do I get like 1.5 then? Because I was not really right, but I kind of was. Give him a happy phase, Dakota. Give him a happy phase. Sure, I'll give him a happy phase. <laughs> Andreas, oh, what's your question? <laughs> okay, so... I didn't know we were going to do this thing where we don't have it answered beforehand or like we don't have the, the multiple choice possibilities beforehand and we could get more points. So I'll try and reword this for that as well as possible. Um, is it okay if I, if I skip that? Cause it, the first one doesn't really fall underneath those guidelines. Go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, okay. So, in the 2000s, three of these directors were nominated without their respective films being nominated for Best Picture. One of these directors' films was actually nominated for Best Picture. Which director listed was nominated for both Best Picture and Best Director? David Lynch, Julian Schnabel, Stephen Frears, or Fernando Moraes? So let me get this straight. These one of these directors has both a best picture and a best director nomination for that respective year. Yes, the other three didn't get a best picture nomination. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. 
Um, I can go through the list again if you need. Please. Okay. Number one is David Lynch. Number two is Julian Schnabel. Number three is Stephen Frears. Number four is Fernando Marais. I'm going to go with Frears. Okay, Dasha, what about you? Uh, out of a total guess, mine would be uh, Fernando Marais. Just guessing. Guessing here. One of you is correct. It's Stephen Frears for The Queen. He was nominated for both Best Picture and Best Director for the film. Or the film was nominated for Best Picture, rather. Schnabel did Diving Bell and the Butterfly. David Lynch did Mulholland Drive that, in right. that decade anyways. And Fernando Marais did City of God. So there you go, Dakota. Just, how does that work? Do you just get the, the singular uh, just point? Just the one point. Okay, well, that works then. Well, right. since you're in the lead, and it goes in this order anyways, take it away. <laughs> Question number two. Out of the 87 Best Picture winners, how many matched up with the Best Director Award? So that way, the same the same oh. Best Picture and Best Director win one at the same time. If you can guess within uh, three, I'll give you the three points. <laughs> I think that deserves like 10 points. I mean, good lord. If you okay. get it right on, I will give you 10 points. Oh, man. Um... So it's between one and eighty-seven. <laughs> just, just uh, you know, statistically speaking, I don't know how uh, how likely we are to be yeah. right on the money. Um, I did, you know what? I came across this stat in my research, but do you think my brain is doing me any favors right now? Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> uh, I I didn't come across the stat at all i'm just gonna try and take a wild guess let's say that approximately two-thirds have lined up and the other third haven't so let's figuratively say something uh, 63 dakota sorry are you asking about nominees or wins 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 okay um oh man wins Yeah, I think it was something like in the 60s. I'm going to go with 60 because it's it correlates, I think, quite often from what I remember. So I'm going to go for a high number. So I'm pretty sure one of you is cheating. Which one of you is cheating? <laughs> None of us are cheating, I don't believe. I'm not anyways. Uh, Andreas gets 10 points, 63 exactly. Are you shitting me? No, I no. am not. <laughs> and Dash, well, you are within three, so I will give you three points as well. <laughs> How did you pick the number sixty-three? <laughs> I, uh, oh, <laughs> well, I'm actually. This is like the proudest moment of my life. Okay, I, I thought it would be randomly in the sixties, but if I just guessed sixty, that wouldn't have done me any favors. But sixty-five, I tried to not really go with. Um, with a division of five, I tried to go with something a little bit reasonable, so I went in between 65 and 60. So, uh, the, good lord, is it really 63? It really is. <laughs> Dakota, I think, I, think the reaction, I think the reaction alone, I think this was, I think this might have been a genuine, a genuine guess, because, Andreas, you're almost more surprised than we are. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the greatest moment of my life. That's <laughs> End of podcast. We're retiring. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Screw the rest of this thing. I don't care who wins now. <laughs> Nonetheless, what were the other options? Just out of curiosity. Uh, the options were 80, 77, 63, and 59. 
Okay, right, that would have right. tripped me up. I'm glad I, I, glad I guessed. <laughs> wow, okay, well. It's ooh, a pretty amazing okay. statistic, hey? Yeah. I mean, wow. That's... Such a high correlation. Yeah, just, just over 20 have not lined up. Well, right. that's that's probably going to be a prognosticator for later on in the, in the podcast with whatever we guess for the later nominees. But as for now, it's still trivia time. Dasha, let's, let's have it. What do you have next? All right. Now I'm kind of thinking this might not be hard enough for the two of you, but I'm going to ask how many sequels have received wins for Best Picture? And wins, not nominees. Andreas, you want to go guess, first with this? Yeah, I'm going to guess two, because the two in my head right now are Godfather Part 2 and Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going two as well. Guys, it's one. To Is the it? best of my knowledge. Yeah, I don't think... You're not counting uh, Lord of the Rings? Did Part 2 win as well? No, Part 3 won. Part three one. Okay, sorry. I guess in my mind, I thought sequels like a part two. But you know what? You guys are, you've proven my question wrong in, in, in its insides. But for some reason, Minus I kind of, for, okay. <laughs> for some reason, I was thinking parts one and twos of movies and I totally neglected the part threes, which are definitely sequels as well. It's <laughs> all good. Too easy. Too easy. That's it. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to throw you guys a curveball next round. <laughs> all right, Andres, what do you got? Please, okay. I'll try and ask this one without the the provided possibilities. I think I could do it. This one is a little bit easier. This one-time Best Actress winner was born with the first name is Laura Jean. However, she is known with a different name. She uses another middle name. But first off, do you know who this person might be just from that alone? What so, what was the name again? Sorry, Laura Jean. Laura Jean. That's not Norma Jean. No, it's it's not. It's not Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, uh, Laura Jean. Betty um, Davis. Any guesses, Dasha? Well, I only know one actress with the name Jean, and that's Jean Tierney. But I don't know if that would be my only guess because of the name similarity. Because I have no idea otherwise. Um. It's a little bit more contemporary than that, actually. Uh, here are the, the nominees, I guess. I don't know why we didn't just call them that beforehand. Here are the nominees. Um, so which of these actresses were have the birth name Laura Jean? Jennifer Lawrence, Reese Witherspoon, Grace Kelly, or Cher? Hmm. I could go through it again if you guys. Mm. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna say Reese Witherspoon, and okay. I'm just gonna say Grace Kelly. <laughs> again, one of you is actually right, and it's Reese Witherspoon. Dakota gets oh, the points again. Reese Dakota. Witherspoon, of course, winning for Best Actress for Walk the Line, and yes, her full name was Laura Jean Reese Witherspoon. Mm. I could have guessed that she has a bit of that country in her, you know. <laughs> well, hence walk the line, I guess, right? Oh, yeah, so, yeah. There you go. Before we enter this final round, Dakota, what are the points? Uh, the points are eight points for myself, 13 for you, Andreas, and six for Dasha. I don't know if I fully deserve that 13. I either do or I don't. You but... do. You, you got the number right on, so I'm giving you that 10 points. <laughs> 
I wish this was the lottery because that would have been the defining moment. But nonetheless, let's see what happens in the last round because you never know. Dakota, let's have your last one. What film has won the most awards without winning Best Picture? Oh, I know this one too. Okay, I'm going to need a minute. Um... Uh... I'm probably going to need the nominees, but I, I'll, I'll take a guess. Dasha, do you have anything yet or no? Um, I keep thinking of ones that have a whole bunch, but usually they correlate to Best Picture, so maybe go with the nominees as well, yeah. Um, I'll take a random guess in the dark. First off, is a cabaret. That was yeah. That was my only guess as well because that's the only one that. Uh, but I don't know if that actually. Anyway, the nominees are Cabaret, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan, Star Wars, or The King and I. Andreas, Ooh. are you sticking with Cabaret? I didn't know it was a possibility. If I didn't get it off the first chance, that probably means that's wrong then. So, <sighs> I'm going to go... A New Hope, or...? Yeah, so that's Star Wars. Okay. Um, sorry, what were we saying, Dasha? Oh, no, I said hearing that list, I think I'm pretty confident that I'm going to go with Cabaret because the ones that I was thinking were could have messed that up were not in that list. So I'm sticking with my with my instinct. It is Cabaret. Uh, Andres, I will give uh, you those three points because you did guess it right. Okay. Oh, you were trying to trick me then. Perfect. I was, <laughs> yes. Uh, just out of curiosity, do you have the stats for the other films? Like why yeah. you picked those ones? Cabaret had eight. Uh, Saving okay. Private Ryan had five. Star Wars had six. And The King and I had five. Okay. Okay, I'm glad I, I stuck with my answer then because I was going to maybe think, was it The King and I? I don't know much about it, but if if you didn't give me the three points, I thought it was wrong. But okay, ooh, that uh, was tricky. Yeah. Okay, Dasha, I think I think I think those nerves, Andreas, were uh, a little ploy to get us uh, to get us too relaxed. I'm gonna rattle your cage. <laughs> uh, you've succeeded. I don't even know what Oscars it is now. Who's nominated? I, I'm completely rattled. But yeah, sorry, Dasha, let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Um, so I'm going to ask which one of these women was not nominated for best director. Um, and I guess this one is more conducive to you guys hearing the choices. So I'm just going to read them. Um, Lena Wertmiller, Jane Camion, Deepa Mehta, or Sofia Coppola. I'm going to go with who's the first option? Lena Wertmiller. I'm going to go with her because I know Jay Campion was nominated for The Piano and I know um, Sofia Coppola was nominated for Lost in Translation. And I believe the third nominee was also nominated. So I'm going to go with number one. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know about Campion and Coppola, but it's uh, Deepa Mehta. I, I can't think. Her name is very familiar. She's Canadian. I know that. Uh, she is Canadian. Yeah. Yeah. I'm... I'm gonna go with Deepa Meta. Uh oh. <laughs> Dakota, you're correct. Uh, ah. Lena Wertmuller was the first woman ever nominated for a Best Director for Seven Beauties, which was in 1976. And Deepa Meta has never been nominated, so 
Um, yeah, she has received tons of critical acclaim and awards in Canada, but unfortunately yet to be an Oscar recognized nominee. She's been, her films have been Canada's official entry for the foreign films a couple times, but I don't think they've ever actually made the short list. Exactly. Oh, okay. Because I've definitely heard her name before. I've come to learn whenever there's a dead heat in these things, Dakota usually wins. So that's (laughs) why I got very anxious. Uh, I guess for the final question here, um, what are what are the points again? Just just for the final question, just to see what's going to happen. Do you just want to hear that you're still in the lead? (laughs) Yes, I'm very scared. I'm going to lose that lead. Unless there's a way for for you to give us a whole bunch of extra points, you've won this. <laughs> uh, sounds all right. Um, okay, how about it, Dad? Okay, what are the points? Maybe I'll do something tricky for this. Uh, you have sixteen. I have nine, and Dasha has seven. Okay, even if with double the points, I was going to offer double, but that still won't reach it. So, okay, well, nonetheless, let's let's go with this then. Uh, with for the final question, just to see who comes in second and third, I guess. This one, I also have to list off the the possible selections because it won't make sense otherwise. Which of these award-winning screenplays were not adapted? So one of these is original. Which of these were not adapted? Tender Mercies, Howard's End, Missing, All the President's Men. Did you say which one? Okay, so just one of them was not an adapted screenplay. Yes, one of these is original. Uh, Again, the list is Tender Mercies. Number two is Howard's End. Number three is Missing. As in, that's the film name. There, there is a selection. Number four is All the President's Men. I'll let you go first, Asha. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> you're, so, you're so generous. I, I um, have an idea, but I, I, I'm going to wait. What was the first one? Tender Mercies. Okay. Um... So I know it's not Howard's and or all the president's men. And what was the third one? <laughs> Sorry, you cut out for a second. Missing. Okay. Apparently I'm gonna I was go- missing. <laughs> I'm going to go with a tender mercies, I think, because, yeah, I'm sort of between two. Okay. Dakota, what do you think? Well, I've never heard of tender mercies or missing. So I don't know. I feel like this is a trick question and I'm thinking all the president's men, much like how Spotlight is considered an original story because it's based off of the reporters themselves, not the actual story. I feel like all the president's men is similar. But I think there is a book though, is there not? Is there? I don't know. I'm I'm sticking with all the president's men. All right, all right. Okay, so one of you is right. How about this? If you'll get double the points plus an additional three if you end up switching to another option. How does that sound? If you take that risk. I'm going to stick with mine. You're going to stick with yours, Dasha? She seems pretty confident that all the president's men was based on it's, a book. I mean, I know it was a book, but now that you've thrown that whole, like, maybe it's like spotlight into the mix, of course, you have me confused. But um, <laughs> I will say but, this. It is a bit of a trick question, but it might not be in a trick. It might not be tricky in the way Dakota suggested. It might be. It might not be. <laughs> you know what? Just because I'm, you know, 
I want to I want to maintain my independence on this uh, with you guys as the newcomer of the group. I'm going to stick with my with my choice, and if I'm incorrect, I'm I'm happy to go down. <laughs> You'll live with that shame. Well, I'll live with that shame. Again, one of you is correct. Basically, I've said this whole time Dakota's dead heat have always been <laughs> conquered by him. And this is the twist Rocky ending. It's Tender Mercies. Oh! <laughs> it was written by Horton Heat, and it's, of course, starring the Academy Award-winning performance by Robert Duvall. So there you go. So, so what's the Do twist? What, why is it a secret? Like The very reason you said for all the President's Men. I thought that one was going to throw you guys off, and it actually did. <laughs> Yes. Dakota, do I get extra points for you trying to sway me to the other side with your sorcery and then me strongly resisting the urge? Yeah, well, just whatever it is, no mathematics involved will make you 15 points. So you're one below. Oh. <laughs> I love the there. subjectivity of this game. Like, there has been none of the rules we set out with are the rules that we've stuck with. It's like we're playing Whose Line Is It Anyways, where the points don't Basically. actually matter. Because well, in the end, we have Andreas with 16 and a smiley face, Dasha with 15, <laughs> and myself with 9. And I'm going to go commit uh, seppuku or whatever you want to call it, Sudoku. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, if you want, you can have my smiley face. I'm willing to give that one up. Oh, I don't need like, your pity smile face. That's like the get out of jail free card in Monopoly. You're like, here, I'll sell you this, even though I'm winning <laughs> <laughs> for a price. So right. we're gonna take a short break, and then we come back. We're gonna get into our Oscar predictions. Academy President Cheryl Boone Isaacs and John Krasinski. And finally, we are pleased to announce the film selected as the Best Picture nominees. They are The Big Short, Brad Pitt, Dee Dee Gardner, and Jeremy Kleiner, producers. Bridge of Spies, Steven Spielberg, Mark Platt, and Christy McCosco-Krieger, producers. Brooklyn, Panola Dwyer and Amanda Posey, producers. Mad Max Fury Road, Doug Mitchell and George Miller, producers. The Martian, Simon Kinberg, Ridley Scott, Michael Schaefer, and Mark Huffam, producers. The Revenant, Arnon Milshon, Steve Golan, Alejandro G. Ayotitu, Mary Parent, and Keith Redman, producers. Room, Ed Guiney, producer. And Spotlight. Michael Sugar, Steve Golan, Nicole Rocklin, and Bly. We are back from the break. We had a very nice trivia round. And with that in mind, let's put a bit of a downer on things. This is what we usually do with the Oscar roundtable. We reflect on the films that we love. We reflect on the, on the actors and the filmmakers and the writers that we all held so dearly to us throughout the entire year. This is our snub section. The people who deserve to be nominated, and yet they weren't. Let's get angry, guys. So basically, the way we're going to do this is we're going to bring up just whatever snubs that we have in order. Like, we'll go around the table again. And, you know, we're going to go over our snubs briefly, what category they should have been nominated for, and, you know, why you think maybe they weren't nominated. So do you guys have a, a hypothetical list ready at all? 
Yep, I got a little one here. Perfect, Dakota. Uh, I've got a couple mental ones. Perfect. Well, because we started the questions with you, Dakota, let's start this one off with Dasha. Let's hear it. Who are you angry about? Why didn't they get nominated? Who deserved it? All right. So, little disclosure before I uh, before I reveal these, um, so to speak. I did only think about the acting categories, which was a little bit of a bias. And I think, it, you know, we have this tendency to get really excited about the acting categories for a minute. But um, if I was to go back and revisit this, I'd probably actually look a little bit more broadly. But nonetheless, um, based on the films I've seen, so there are a few, I'm sure, a few good ones that I'm leaving out. And I know that everyone's been talking about this, but I have to say that um, Jacob Tremblay, the um, the young actor who was in Room, I thought was absolutely outstanding and did not get nominated. Um, something interesting that I read that I'll mention quickly is that child actors who uh, are outstanding in films often get recognized for just that, being outstanding child actors and not compared to their adult counterparts, which I thought was an interesting reflection. Um, but nonetheless, I thought, you know, I think it was actually Dakota who made this really great point to me that without um, the two actors in Room, the movie could have been, you know, boring and whatever else, but they, they just held it on their backs. So I'm, I am going to throw him in my list. Um, another actor is Paul Dano for Love and Mercy. I mm-hmm. absolutely love that film. I think he continuously turns out absolutely incredible performances and he gets overlooked quite frequently because, and I, I don't know if it's, you know, because he's young and he has a big career ahead of him. But uh, I thought this one especially was just such a touching um, sort of unique performance of his. And I thought he could have gotten a nod for it. I'm not sure if that would be as a supporting actor or lead actor, because I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember what the percentage of screen time between him and. um, Yeah, exactly. are So um, I'm not sure if that would land him in a supporting or leading role, but nonetheless, (laughs) Uh, and the last one that I think uh, I, this isn't, I guess, so much of a snub because she is nominated as a Best Supporting Actress, but Alicia Vikander for me for Ex Machina was just outstanding. And it was such a unique, unique role that I think was quite difficult, you know, arguably in my mind, more difficult than her role in The Danish Girl. So I'm going to say that I don't know if she could have got two nominations. I mean, it's been, it's happened before, but um, I actually thought that performance was really deserving of acclaim as well. So those are my three that I'm going to go with. Absolutely. Those are three very good ones because those three have actually been in contention with other festivals. And I'm utterly surprised Paul Dana wasn't nominated either. And he would fall under the best supporting category because that's the way he was basically marketed for these, for these award ceremonies. All three are great actually. And Dakota, what do you have? Um, I would probably say <clears throat> I'm a really big fan of The Big Short, and it's nice that Christian Bale was nominated, but I actually think Steve Carell yes. was the best actor mm. in that. And yes. uh, I, I actually preferred that performance over his turn in Foxcatcher, as different as they are. I mm. thought this was a, a stronger one, and it really showed some great you know, range in, in different sides of him that we have not seen before from Steve Carell. So it's a bit of a shame that he wasn't nominated for that. Um, I liked your, your pick of uh, Alicia Vikander for Ex Machina. 
Uh, but I am going to go one up it and say Oscar Isaac from Ex Machina, who mm. I thought was pretty fantastic as well. That movie as a whole is, is one of my favorites of the year. And I think all three performances were super strong, but Oscar Isaac gave this really kind of crazy layered performance, uh, really playing mental games with, with Gleason's character and, and you never really knew what he knew and what he didn't know. Um, as far as my last one, um, that's, that's tough. Um, I don't know. I was, I was kind of okay with the, with the rest of the nominees. Maybe, maybe something like, um, uh, Emily Blunt for Sicario. I really yes. enjoyed that. Or even Benicio del Toro from Sicario. I think either of them could have been nominated for, for that film. Absolutely. That was actually going to be one of mine, Emily Blunt, for um, for Sicario. Again, also very good choices, ones that I would definitely agree with. Um, Some of mine included O'Shea Jackson for Straight Outta Compton. Now, I know the acting category was incredibly tough. Absolutely, it was incredibly tough. But if I had to take somebody out as great as he was, I think Matt Damon was the worst of the great, even though he was so terrific. Because I think O'Shea Jackson mirroring his father in Straight Outta Compton was borderline lifelike. And I thought it was just like a terrific turn from an actor who's basically done nothing before this. He's just passing on his father's his father's reputation. So I think that was a terrific That's interesting um, that you went that. with him instead of the actor who played Easy E, who most people seem to be picking. Right, right. Yeah, he was another he was another possibility for sure actually. Um I wasn't quite sure if I would label him as best actor or best supporting though because they're quite interchangeable actually. Um depending on whoever you ask or however they're being marketed, but how about I go with both because they were they were both terrific, either or of them. One of them deserved to be because they were both absolutely terrific. Um another one I'm going to go with, I'm going to try and exit the the acting category here is um and I've talked about this one off off um, off the line with you, Dakota, a lot. I think for the amount of nominations that it's had, I think the fact that there are eight nominees and Carol wasn't nominated for Best Picture is a bit puzzling. I know you were saying that the Academy wasn't isn't too fond of these kinds of films or films by this director, but nonetheless, I think it has a number of nominations underneath its belt, and I think it kind of deserves at least a best picture nod of some sort, you know, because I feel like definitely after it didn't get nominated for best picture, it's Oscar race and awards race overall absolutely plummeted because it's a film that just basically fell off the map. When at first it was quite a contender to win all the big prizes actually. So um, I'm going to go with that and for best picture. And I think for my final one, I'm going to go with, I'm going to try and go with another curveball. Actually, let's see. I've got a I've got a big massive list here. Um, uh, well, I'll go back to acting. Why not? Um, Steve Carell and Emily Blunt were already mentioned, but I'm going to go with a, with another supporting actor, Idris Elba for Beasts of No Nation. I thought was absolutely sensational. And while I think the best supporting actor category is strong, it's not nearly as strong as the best actor category. So I think there could have been one or two changes around for. Um, Idris Elba's absolutely sensational performance, and he's somebody who's definitely been overlooked by the Academy a number of times. So I hope he gets his 
I hope he gets his dues one of these days because he's he's absolutely terrific. So well, he was nominated what two years ago for um, Long Walk to Freedom. I don't think he was actually. No, no, I don't think so either. Oh, what was that movie nominated for then? Because I Nothing. only watched. Yeah, it was nominated for something because I only oh, watched that movie. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that U two yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, I remember that year there was a big a big push for him to be nominated for best actor, but no, he didn't end up getting it. It was it was the U two song. Yeah. Right. Um, can, can I ask? So a, yeah. I have a follow up question for um, you, Andreas. So, just in light of what you said about Carol and how you know there was room in the best picture category, but. You know, they only went with eight. Like, I'm curious what you guys think about that. And I know I'm going a little bit um, off script here, but I'm I'm wondering if, um, like, do you think that when there's room that films should get these nods? Because there's room for them to be recognized. There's clearly been a lot of amazing work put into the film. So the fact that the Academy just says, oh, no, we're not going to use up those two remaining spots, like, that to me is a little bit strange because the nods arguably mean so much to these, you know, to the filmmakers, the actors, so what do you guys think about that, the fact that um, it's not always a full category? Well, it's, it's okay to go off book. That's the whole point of this this episode, <laughs> because it's a, it's a big roundtable. It's great to have these discussion juices flowing. I do mm-hmm. think Dakota's going to be the better one to answer this. Dakota, take it away. <laughs> um, yes and no. Um you know, it's easy to say yes when there's movies like Carol that are, are very deserving of being in this spot. But then what happens is if we're saying we need to get to 10 for the sake of getting to 10, you'll have stuff like Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close getting the nomination, which I th- I think would anger people more if they had stuff like that as the nominee over, you know, Carol missing out or something like that. So it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a conundrum where it's, it's based on some weird math that they do that I'm not even sure the voters actually understand because I've looked into it and read it and I still don't understand it. Um, it has to do with preferential voting and things like that, but there's still some weird way of threshold they have to meet. There's a few different films that I think could have could have made it. I was really hoping for an X Mac nomination. Um, they could have easily fit Star Wars in there as well. Um, maybe even some of the other ones uh, where it was Love this. and Mercy. Love and Mercy. Even if we're going about other films that received nominations, stuff like Joy, Forty Five Years, Hateful Eight, yep. uh, maybe Sicario. I don't. I don't think really Steve Jobs. Stuff like that where it seems to have a bit more broad support where those could have easily filled out the last two slots and I don't think anyone would have really complained. Uh, I think the fear would be some really weird left field movie making best picture and that being one of its only nominations um, and people Fair being enough. more upset about that than, than the fact that Carol was sort of snubbed. I think either way with Carol, that movie really fell off as far as the attention it was getting. You know, as soon as the nominations came out, it was like, wow, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara are the front runners for, for both acting categories. And then now they're not even being talked about. So mm-hmm. it's sort of mm-hmm. surprising for sure. Uh, and I don't think a Best Picture nominee would have really changed its fortunes that much. Sure. It's one of those films that it's kind of, it's really art housey comparatively to a lot of the other ones. There's maybe, I would say maybe The Revenant, it would be the closest in its sort of art housey nature where it's, you know, it's not 
such it's not an easy film to to totally understand it's not for everyone um so that's a tough one to say if if it would have gotten extra exposure or maybe it would have been people would have been more critical about it or, or things like that where it's uh it's one that I think people should see, but it's also one where I agree that not everyone is going to like or understand. Sure, sure. No, those are really good points. Um, and I, I definitely like the idea of, um, you know, the Academy not just starting to do things on principle. And it's clear that, you know, being politically correct or just, you know, throwing the knot out there just because is not a priority necessarily. So I do like that it's it maintains that, you know, strong contention and sort of sometimes a bit of a mystery around it. But um, it's definitely a curiosity when there is a really strong, um, when there really is a strong list, especially this year and with, you know, a lot of discussion around the snubs and things like that. But yeah, no, those are really valid points. Thanks. Absolutely. And now with that in mind, I guess we can gloss over now the big, big section of our podcast. This is our actual predictions. Now, the way that this will work in traditional live and limbo Oscar roundtable fashion, we will go over the quick list. I will pass it around the table between the three of us. And basically what we will do is say who we think will win and who we want to win. Obviously, that doesn't always have to be the same thing. There could be a more deserving winner, but you know through the, through the grapevine and how these things kind of work somebody else might actually win against your preference. But does that sound good? We've got a number of categories, so I think it's I think it's time to get going with that. So um, let's start off with a nice, fun one. And if you haven't seen all of the films, that's okay. Um, just go with whatever, whatever works best. But basically, all of these categories seem a bit familiar enough to discuss. Right, everyone? Sounds good. Yep. Perfect. Sounds good to all me. Right. Let's start off again with a fun one. Let's go with animated features. So this year for animated feature, we've got, I think it's a quite a strong category, actually. We've got Inside Out, Anomalisa, Sean the Sheep movie, When Marnie Was There, and The Boy and the World. All right, so let's start off with Dakota. What do you want to win and who do you think will win? Um, I, I want and think Inside Out will win. I, I think this was a real masterpiece of animation combining, um, a story for both children and adults. I think it's probably even harder to watch an, as an adult because you truly understand what's going on and you can look back at growing up and, and feel all those same emotions that you felt before and make you an absolute wreck, especially when, uh, it's Bing Bong's swan song time. Um, and the animation <laughs> oh. is pretty strong. You know, I, I, I really like the animation Boy in the World, Anomalies, uh, Sean the Sheep. They all had fantastic animation. Um, that was probably better than, um, Inside Out, but there was no issue with, with Inside Out's animation I had with it. I, I, I've always enjoyed Pixar's artwork. Absolutely. And I'm glad that you did kind of gloss over the entire category as well with overall thoughts. That's that's something that we can definitely do as well when we go on with these. Dasha, are you in the same boat? I am totally in the same boat with this one. Um, I I don't know if I'm biased because I, I my undergraduate degree was in psychology, but I just love that um, this was a top the topic chosen um, for Inside Out. And 
Um, I, I think I echo Dakota's sentiments in the sense that I think it's completely relevant to both children and adults. And I love that it was arguably, you know, putting something like mental health or confusion sort of into the spotlight and just kind of having fun with it and letting, you know, letting everybody uh, experience something that they think about or, you know, think about or potentially struggle with and just kind of allowing it to be something so watchable. And so I, uh, I, I am in the same boat. I think it's an easy shoe and I think it will win. I think it should win. Now on my best of 2015 list, obviously I had Anomalisa as number one and I had Inside Out within my top five, but I still want Inside Out to win because of what it's saying. I know what my personal preference is Anomalisa, but Inside Out's not too far off. I think Inside Out's saying a lot more. It's doing a lot more in terms of who it's trying to affect. Anomalisa was more of just a personal preference. But Inside Out is quite an achievement in its own right, and I think it's a definite shoe, and I think you guys are right. I don't even think there's an if, and, or but with this category. Now, we could have the same kind of debate here, or lack of debate, rather, with our next category, cinematography. We've got some strong contenders, but I think we might all kind of be in agreement with this one as well. We have, as our nominees, The Revenant, Mad Max Fury Road, The Hateful Eight, Carol, and Sicario. Dasha, what did you think overall? Who do you think should win? Who do you think will win? So, full disclosure, I actually did not get a chance to see The Hateful Eight. So, I'm uh, a little bit... I don't know if that, I'm not sure if that puts me, you know, in a worse position to have this conversation because I know it's not necessarily a favorite or has gotten a lot of attention for cinematography. However, just thought I should, you know, That's all good. Be, be honest about my, my flaw as an expert in this category. <laughs> um, I think that likely this category will go to the revenant. Um, I think it did some things that were completely unprecedented in this area. Um, I have to be honest and something that I really, and this is probably, you know, more towards my answer of who I want to win. I was really impressed with Sicario. Uh, I believe it's, uh, let me check. I think it's Roger, Roger Deakins, right? Yeah. Exactly. So I was really, really impressed with the cinematography. I did not, I went into that movie thinking I was going to watch it because, you know, everyone was watching it and I wasn't going to enjoy it. And I was surprised in so many ways and cinematography was one of those ways. So I kind of have this secret, I don't know. I'm always, I tend to cheer for the underdog, but um, you know, those, those would be my choices if I had to go with some. Yeah, absolutely. You're allowed, you're perfectly allowed to have a, a dark horse within, uh, <laughs> within, within this race. Absolutely. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be no surprise here. Emmanuel Lebeski somehow going to pull off the trifecta with the Revenant after Birdman and mm -hmm. gravity. I think he's going to pull it off because The Revenant, the fact that it was filmed for, let's say, a half hour to an hour and a half each day, just based on the natural lighting, is difficult enough. Never mind the long shots, what he's capturing in those shots. Just everything was absolutely perfected. And I think even if you hated The Revenant and you liked it for maybe a few reasons, the cinematography would be one of those saving graces. So... It's kind of rough because the other categories, I think, are extremely strong as well. I'm going to go with The Hateful Eight being also a, a really fine, well-shot uh, well film of sorts. And 
it was just a very strong year. And uh, but I'm in agreement though. It should be the Revenant, and it probably will be. The Sicario's cinematography was was excellent as well, though. Dakota, uh, who I want is a bit of a toss up between Sicario and The Hateful Eight. I really, really? liked, yeah. <clears throat> I really liked, as Dash was saying about Sicario, the, it had lots going on for, I, I, especially that early, um, chase sequence going over the border with all the, the line of, of the black trucks going with, it was absolutely beautiful and intense to watch. But what I really enjoyed about the hateful eight was the use of deep seated focus to have it look like there was almost two movies going on at the same time, the movie that you could hear and the movie that you could see going on in the background. And I think Tarantino did a really good job conceptualizing that in Robert Richardson shooting that. That said, I do think the Revenant will probably win not to say that it was bad by any means, but it, it wasn't my favorite of the category. I kind of like it a different answer, actually. That that's what this is all about. So um, again, it was a very strong year. So I'm glad that, that we at least got some different answers going already this early on, especially. So those were the first two picks in our Oscar predictions. We have decided to split this episode into two, just because of the length. So. Join us in a few days where we will be going over the rest of the categories with who we want and who we think will win. Thank you so much for listening.